Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Mike Grab Weekly Podcast, uh, episode 28 for December 8th, 2017. Getting very, very close to the last episode of the year, my friends. Should be a good one. Got nothing planned for it. <laughs> Just hopefully I'll have something good to say for it. Um, I'll tell you what, man. I'm in a fucking great mood this week. I've not got up to a whole bunch, but... I've been talking to just, I've just been talking to just my friends a lot more and just been having more and more kind of (laughs) social interaction. And I realized how much just in general, I've missed it in that, like, not that I'm like a hermit or anything. I don't think that's an appropriate way to describe me, but I don't know. I've just been talking to a lot more like openly and everything just I don't know, just, I'm in a very, uh, I feel it, I'm feeling more and more positive in it as each week has gone on, and with uh, my new job and everything now, I'm feeling a little bit, a little bit more settled in, so I kind of start to feel like I'm actually part of um, the team there, and just one sec, I'm going to adjust the microphone. Alright, sorry about that, we good? <laughs> Yeah, I start, I'm starting to feel, you know, like I kind of belong there now in the sense of, because I was at my previous job for five years, so much of my thought was, that's where I work. When I say I work, that's w- like, when I say I got to go to work, that was the first thing that came into my head. And now close to a month into this new job, when I say I got to go to work, this new job is what comes into my head when I say that now. And there was just these little things, just when I'd be halfway through my shift, I just have this weird thought of like, oh yeah, but this probably isn't going to be for long because I'm going to end up going back to my old job, which is a fucked up way of thinking. But I think it's just because you're so ingrained in this habit of, I was I was so ingrained, I should say. I don't want to say everyone else is as fucking mentally weird as I am, but I was just so mentally ingrained in this habit of that my previous job. And that was it. That might be all that I accomplished. And if that was all I was going to accomplish, good googly moogly, it would have been a bad time. But we're not here to have bad times. We're here to have great times. The whole year, the whole rest of the year, I should say, is going to be a fucking great time. And I'll tell you what, the way that 2017, early 2017, I should say, is shaping up, that looks like the year is going to be a fucking blinder. In the best way possible. Just, oh, I'm so psyched <laughs> these days when <laughs> a festival gets announced in a state that's not SA. Because the first thing I do is I look at it and I go, that lineup is not great. But these three or four bands on it are awesome. And they will tour here. Just, the things that are that I'm super looking forward to at the start of the year are... Uh, concerts. I've got Architects in January 10th, I believe. Uh, I've got Amua and Thaya is Murder on the same night. So if I don't die at that show, <laughs> might be a miracle. I got that in the middle of February. And then either the day before that or the day after that, me and my buddy, me and my buddy, what the hell am I? An idiot. My buddy and I. Uh, my buddy Chris and I are going to 
go interstate to see cattle decapitation. So if I survive both of those shows, and they're both in the same week, I'll be a happy man, because there will be some great stories there. And speaking of my buddy Chris, this is a call-out, Chris. Start your podcast again. It was really good. Uh, for those who don't know, I I shouted him out really early in my podcast, like episode one or two. My buddy Chris used to do this podcast called the Sad Dad, <coughs> the Sad Dad Podcast. Just he'd yeah do it in his spare time, and he I think he stopped it because uh, he thought he was getting too repetitive or something. But I don't know. He's got a unique view. To a lot of people that I know, and he's got a good perspective, and he's got a fucking fantastic work ethic, and just, he's he's one of these people that even if he talks about nothing, you know, quote unquote nothing, if he talks about general, just general shit, he's still entertaining to listen to. Because there's certainly people out there that are just, you know... They fall into the, hey, we're doing this and we're talking about this. Like, um, I was talking to my friend Rip the other day about um, one of the benefits of my new job is that um, we have a radio going so I can li- so we listen to the radio while we work, which is really cool. Um, I've never had that before. But the issue is that <laughs> when you're listening to a radio station and you just get this shit banter in between the hosts, and it's like, I understand that, you know, you need a host and... Fucking chair making all these noises. You need a host slash hosts because you can't just have, you know, the song after song after song because you might as well just be listening to Spotify. So I understand the concept behind having a host to keep the radio show going, but it's frustrating in the sense that radio as an as like an art form, I don't feel, or as a medium, I should say, or a media platform, I don't know. I feel like in the last 10, 15 years, it really hasn't adapted or evolved in any shape or form commercially. Hence why you have so many podcasts coming out, because there's people that will speak normally, like the way that I'm speaking now, um, that wouldn't normally like fly on a radio station, because you get these pauses when someone speaks normally, they'll think, they'll swear, you know, they'll just be, just shit like that, just regular conversation I feel is lost when you listen to and I just don't want to say a commercial radio station because I don't want to sound like yeah it's the man but just this weird kind of shit banter is just the best way I can describe it where it's like hey we're fucking zany and whoop whoop and we're just fucking talking about this how often do you shower in a day it's like dude who cares you know is what it's just it's just this droning noise in the background that just I suppose helps some people through their mediocre jobs and just the, like I've heard Joe Rogan describe it perfectly as like this just droning in the background and that just like um translates to your whole life just this in the background it's like fuck that however when a good song comes on it puts me in a good mood Oh, lordy. Me going off. I'm never going to have a fucking radio show now, am I? <laughs> um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Jesus. 
That's another thing I couldn't do on a radio station. I'd have to have this fucking script set out. Anyway, I've got all these dot points set out that I do like to talk about, but, you know, I don't actually write out a script. Because the way I do the podcast, I've got like ten dot points here that I want to talk about, but I think I might talk about four of them. It's all about... Because I don't try to force an issue and I don't try to take a conversation. a conversation, a podcast, I should say. This this isn't really a conversation. It's more so me speaking. But I don't try to take it to a place where it's not going to flow. You know, I'm not going to talk about, um, you know, doing jiu-jitsu and then fucking, I don't know, going to a disco. Those are quite different. It's a really terrible example. Because <laughs> I, I would do both, most likely. Well, I do one of them. I don't go to discos because I don't think discos are a thing anymore and that's not really my scene. But speaking of my scene, I have recently read on Facebook that there may be another, um, well, a new uh, hardcore slash alternative nightclub opening up sometime this month, I believe. And if I remember correctly, it's called Hype. And um, for those who might not be in the know or those who just need a refresher, there used to be this club in Adelaide called Black Market that was just... If you were into alternative music or just somewhere that was just really different, it was really it was really a great place to go in the sense that you could go there and you could see some heavy bands um, and just hang out in a more chilled environment. And the fact that there wasn't there was a really nice dance floor but you could just kind of chill and just fuck around on it with your friends because you know there'd be club bangers here and there but it's not just do 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 and i'm very badly stereotyping you know a place like red square but it i've i've been to red square and the vibe there is very different to what i used to feel at black market cuz you feel like you've got this kind of you got to be doing this certain thing when you're at a club that has that constant music going but when you're at a club like Black Market was, and they're playing like Fallout Boy and like a day to remember and shit on the, um, on the dance floor, you're just putting your arms around your friends and just singing along. It's awesome, and you meet new people there, and it's like when you go to hardcore shows, you're like, oh, I see that person here all the time, and then before you know it, you strike up a conversation, and hey, you've got a friend. How about that for a fucking rant? So, I'm going to get into my <laughs> week now. Uh, I did something spontaneous, my friends. I did something spontaneous. Um, I went to town on Saturday. Thank you very much to my friend Stephanie for being my lift there. Uh, appreciate you. Um, my lift there and back. She sent me a message saying, hey, do you want to come to town? And I said, well, I don't want to burden you with being my lift. And she basically said, it's cool. So we hung out and um, met a friend of hers down there. And then we just, um, well, I drank. She was very responsible and drove, which I almost am very surprised at, considering the fact she had to deal with me drinking. Not that I'm not trying to sound, you know, who's your drinking? It's just, uh, I feel like just <laughs> when you're the sober driver, it can get a bit frustrating sometimes. However, I did that many years, so I could deal with it. Um, we didn't really go any to like any clubs or anything either. I'm finding more and more that, uh, and my attitude might change towards this when that new club opens. 
But just because clubs aren't really my scene, I like to go to more uh, relaxed environments that have kind of bars instead of clubs. Like my favorite venue to go to at the moment uh, is a place called Rocket Bar and Rooftop because there's a rooftop bar up there and (laughs) there's often a shortage of chairs up there because everyone wants to sit around on the rooftop and drink, especially coming into the warmer weather. Um, But that is currently my favorite place to go because there's a huge mixture of people there. That place is a real melting pot because I'll look over to one side and, I don't know, there'll be a guy wearing, like, Tommy Hilfiger on one side. And then I look over to the other side, and there's a guy in, like, a code orange shirt. Like, that's fucking cool. Just kind of... And that's me not judging them on the content of their character, like I really should be. But, you know, there's, like, a mixture of... Images, I guess you should say? A mixture of... It's just, just a different set of people that you might not often see interact with each other. However, when they're in this scenario, it's a very cool melting pot. Yeah, met um, one of Steph's friends, and that was really cool. She was cool. Uh, also sober that night, though, so I had to listen to me <laughs> drunkenly ramble about some bullshit. But, like, not, not dumb bullshit, just random shit. Uh, then I ran into uh, another old friend, which was awesome. Hopefully, her and I might catch up th- this weekend if I end up in town, which would be cool. Uh, if not, hey, happens. I've got a new friend, so that's nice. Um, and it really, uh, just that night really made me think more about living in the moment in the sense that if I didn't go there, I wouldn't have seen my old friend. I wouldn't have made a new friend. And I feel like I'm closer with my friend Stephanie just because of the fact that we, her and I don't often hang out on a one-to-one basis. So the fact that, you know, we hung out for several hours there is, in my opinion, a very positive thing that I've done for, her, well, that her and I have both done for our friendship because I feel closer to her as a as a friend, if that makes sense. And um, that's an attitude that I'm taking more towards my life at the moment in the sense that um, doing new things, trying new experiences, like I have written on my whiteboard up here, stop being scared of new experiences. Therefore, that translates to me living in the moment more. So I'm going to do things that might challenge me, that might scare me a little bit. But fuck it, you know, like, I don't know, I might try and say, hey, should we do this? Should we do that? The worst thing that someone might say is no, you know. I might try to do this. The worst thing that happens, I fail at it. Gives a fuck. I fail all the time in life. You know, it's like jujitsu. Like, um, <laughs> one of the biggest things that I've heard someone say to me about um, just myself socially is actually <laughs> the biggest thing that my coach said about my jujitsu game, which further proves my point how jujitsu, and it's not just my own point, how jujitsu mirrors life. In the sense of, I feel like the, not the persona, but like your mindset in jiu-jitsu is very similar to your mindset in life. Like how I've said, you know, you can either be on the bottom and get dominated and just let it choke you the fuck out. Or you can try to get yourself out of there and get yourself to a good position and then fight your way through 
and then end up in a dominant position where you're in control. And that's what I'm trying to do at the moment in life and in jiu-jitsu. Because the biggest, and I don't want to call it a criticism because it's not, the biggest observation that I've... I, fuck it, it's a criticism. I am just was too scared to admit it. But it's not a bad criticism in the sense that I didn't take it negatively. Um, the biggest criticism that I've had about myself, like socially... Um, as well as in my jiu-jitsu game, is that I lack confidence, which I would 100% agree with, because there would be times when I'm at jiu-jitsu, like, oh, I could probably go to this position, oh, but if I go there, he might grab my arm and then do this to me or whatever. I think you need to think less. Here I am, I'm talking about, hang on one sec. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> um, another comparison between jiu-jitsu and life is that you can't spend your whole time thinking about what someone else is doing. You know, like, if it's a person you can't stop thinking about, like, I don't know, someone you used to be friends with or, like, someone who fucked you over or whatever, it's similar to, um, like, if you're being mounted by someone and it's like all you can think about is what that person is doing you gotta think no fuck that you just gotta get yourself to a position where you're happy and you're not thinking about that so that's where the confidence comes in you gotta stop thinking less about what if I do this well then this might happen if I do this that might happen I might get subbed so that person might say no I might not get this I might not get that and if I not started to be more confident in myself I wouldn't have left the shitty job that I previously had and now be in a much better position professionally as well as mentally and that has been one of the biggest benefits in my opinion of shifting jobs my mental health has taken a real turn for the better I was about to say turn for the worst just because that's such a <laughs> Which is the, the literally the exact opposite of what I wanted to say, but just turn for the worst. It's just such a... That's just the habit of that phrase. Because, anyway, I feel like my mental health took such a turn for the better because when I realized I could get myself out of a situation that I felt like I was stuck in, why could I not do that for every other shitty situation in my life as well. You just have to have two things. Well, you have to have multiple things. But I think you have to have patience, motivation, and as I slowly am beginning to learn, <laughs> very slowly, but I am getting there, confidence. You have to understand that you can do what you want to do. Within reason, obviously. You know, I'm not going to fucking... I'm not going to play in the NBA or anything, but, you know, like, there's no reason that I could not be a very be very successful professionally and, you know, live in an area that I would very much like to live in, live a life that I would very much like to live. There's no reason why I couldn't do that. The only thing that was starting to hold me back was this shitty mental attitude and zero confidence.
So as I'm beginning to learn how important that mindset is to take into jujitsu, I'm learning how important it is to take into life. Because you're, you see it so often as well, like characterized in the sense of like, um, like a gamer that just sits in his basement all day. Very stereotypical, but it's just my go-to thought here. They'll say like, he was. He may say something along the lines of, "Well, I don't want to talk to that girl because I have no confidence," and then that can go one of two ways. Then, because it can go to the sense that, let's say this guy, the socially awkward guy or whatever, this non-confident guy, I should say, because I'm socially awkward. So, <laughs> um, this self-deprecating person, you can't be self-deprecating and confident at the same time. You have to pick one of the two, I believe. So this person who's like self-deprecating or whatever will go and talk to this person. Let's say he wants to go talk to a girl at the pub because he thinks she's cute. And then he goes up and talks to her and he's just like, he's got such a bad vibe to him. He obviously doesn't want to be there and he's just doing it because he feels like it's what has to be done. And he's trying to get this, you know, he's trying to have this interaction with someone that he thinks is attractive, but it just doesn't work out because he doesn't have the confidence to actually put himself out there which I think a lot of people just appreciate in general. You know, like, you have to have the confidence to be able to put yourself out there and say to someone, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? In the same way that you have to have the confidence to tell your friends that you love them. Because if you don't tell your friends that you love them, they're never going to know. Um, you know, you have to be comfortable with being vulnerable. You have to be confident with the fact that your vulnerable side is fucking awesome. Because you have to be vulnerable. Uh, you know, you can't go through your whole fucking life being stone cold. Because you're a fucking psychopath if you do that. Anyway, you see so often those guys that will do that. And they strike out with the um, women. And then their mind instantly flips the switch. And they're like, fucking they're all the same. Everyone's like this. Everyone's like that. Why is the world against me? The world is not against you. You are against you. Boom. <laughs> just the more I think about shit like that the more I understand how m much self-sabotage can really play a role in many people's lives and I realised the amount of self-sabotage I had done to myself really all these things that I could have already done <gasps> sorry <laughs> all these things that I could have done already I never did because I didn't have the confidence to do it. And I said I didn't have the confidence to do it, but then I ended up fucking doing them anyway. It's just I put... I I think people are so scared of the unknown sometimes that they just don't think... They think too much about what might happen if it goes wrong. And you have to understand... Like, you definitely have to have the idea of, you know, it might go wrong. Otherwise, you know, people are just going to fucking drive cars off ramps all the time. And say nothing could possibly go wrong. You have to have, you know, proper problem-solving skills. But you can't fucking be stuck going, I'm stuck here and there's fucking nothing I can do about it ever. Because it's like this. It's the way it's always been and that's how it's always been done. That is how you end up one of these people who's like 50 years old talking to the younger people at their work and saying, 
just this fucking dumb shit. Like, oh, I just never got this. Don't stay here. You'll never get this done. You'll never get that done. When you're giving life advice, when you've like, when you've so obviously given up on everything that you ever wanted to do, when you've obviously never actually taken that chance, you know, you've not had the confidence. It all comes back to that fucking word. And the more and more I talk about it, I know I sound like I'm getting fired up and angry. I'm genuinely not. I'm like motivated. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I start to realize how fucking important it is to actually take a step back. You have to be able to take a step back, you know. Like Jocko Willink says, decentralized command. You have to be able to view your situation from the outside. Because that way you can look at it and say, okay, how can I fix this? And I think a really good way to do that is to, let's say I'm having a situation... I don't know. Let's say you're in a shitty situation like, oh, fucking, what's a good way to, what's a good one to go with? Let's say a breakup, okay? That's a standard issue to go with. We'll go with that. Okay, so you can look at it and you can say, I'm in the shit. My life fucking sucks. I'm never going to be happy again. This, this, this. Everything negative. If you take yourself out of that situation and you say to yourself, what would I say to my best friend right now if this was happening to him? And you take that approach to yourself and you do what you would do for your best friend, for yourself, I think that is how you get out of the shit, basically. Your friend says, like, if you say to yourself, I want to improve my life, I want to do this, I want to have the motivation to do this, well, you look at it and you say, how would I help my friend with this? And I've actually done this before with a friend, just because a few months ago, a friend of mine just had a bit of um, an issue just... She was going through some shit and she was just saying, I just needed to really vent to you and just wanted to talk to you about everything. So I said, all right, cool. And this is what led me to write my own list. Is I, she had a whiteboard conveniently. <laughs> Didn't have to do it on a piece of paper. Um, she had a whiteboard and I said, do you have you know something we can write on? She brings out a whiteboard and we write down every single situation that she had that she was feel, felt like was going wrong with her life or she felt like she was upset about and you fucking list them and then you go through dot points of how you would improve each one or you would tackle each situation. And then you, like Jocko Willink says, prioritize and execute. You pick which one is the most important one, which one is the most immediate danger or, you know, um, the most immediate problem to you and you attack that situation. And then once you take that situation out... Once you tick that off your list and you you keep that on your list and you physically put a tick next to it when you've done it, that feeling that you get afterwards is, holy shit, this was an obstacle that's in my way and I've just gotten rid of it. And that's a really fucking freeing feeling. And like I'm saying it right now, looking up at my whiteboard right now, even though I've got a lot of things on this list that have not been ticked off, two of the big ones are. I wanted to compete in jiu-jitsu again and I did it. And I wanted to get a proper real job, quote unquote, a job that I'm not embarrassed about and a job that I'm actually, you know, happy to do. And I've got that right now. And putting that fucking tick next to the whiteboard really has this sense of tangible realness in the sense that I can look at it and say, I actually did do that. I can look at that at the end of the year and say, I actually did that. I hope that makes sense. Otherwise, I kind of went on a bit of a rant for nothing. I've almost gone into a half hour. 
Oh shit, there's just one thing I wanted to do before I start to get into my album of the week. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't too much of a rant. Hopefully you stuck with it. Um, speaking of going, jumping from sharply from topic to topic, after going on that bit of one, um, I've seen a lot of people online put their top Spotify, top songs from Spotify, like on their Instagram and their Facebook, so I thought it'd be fun if I shared mine on my podcast. Um, so I'm just going to go through my top 10 songs of, the, of 2017, according to Spotify. And then at the end of the year, I might do some of my favorites, just in general, or just my favorite albums or whatever. We'll see. Um, so we're going to go. And this is going to give you a real fucking insight to myself, I feel. Because some of these are funny as well, just like... <laughs> okay, I'm stalling. All right, number one, Rockstar by Post Malone. Great song. Number two, Alpha by Periphery. Number three is Manufactured ex- Manufactured Extinct by Cattle Decapitation. Number four is Game of Chess by Bad Rabbits. Number five is Congratulations by Post Malone. Another great Post Malone song. Uh, number... Hang on one sec. Yeah, I was going to say. Number six is Doug Stamper featuring Hannibal Burris by Open Mike Eagle. Great song. Number seven is Spray Paint Love by Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Uh, number eight is Stalker by Bad Rabbits. Yes. <laughs> number nine is Real Talk by R. Kelly, the most unintentionally funny song you've ever heard. And number ten is Do Not Look Down by Meshuggah. Uh Check out all those songs. They're all great songs, really. Even the fucking R. Kelly song. It's fucking hilarious, really. And in saying that, I'm going to get into my album of the week. <clears throat> my album of the week this week is called Heartsick by a band called Our Hollow, Our Home. And Heartsick is spelt differently. It's spelt H-A-R-T, sick. Don't know why, but it is. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine introduced me to them this week, and I've just been jamming them so hard. They're fucking awesome. 100%, 100% recommend that you listen to them. The song I would listen to is called Feast for the Crows. They're this hardcore band from the UK, and they kind of sound like Wage War, but they've got that English twang to their sound, so it's a little bit different, but it's that same kind of vibe. Uh, I definitely, definitely recommend it. You'll have a great time if you like heavy shit. Okay, so I'm just going to get start wrapping it up, otherwise this is going to be the longest podcast ever. Uh, what am I up to this weekend? Friday... I'm not 100% sure. Probably just going to do something pretty standard. Maybe just see some friends or just some bullshit. But Saturday night, I'm going to town again. I made plans with some friends to catch up and then just see what happens. You know, live in the moment. I don't have a plan. All I planned was I will go if some friends are going. (laughs) Because I don't want to be that awkward solo guy in town. That would be weird. Um, I don't really have a lot more to say, to be honest. I went on a lot more of a rant than I was expecting to. So hopefully that was that all made sense. Hopefully it wasn't just some bullshit, and hopefully I didn't contradict myself a whole bunch of times. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Uh, so that's about all i got to say. So I'll just leave it there. Right, I'll talk to you next week, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>